SEO This Week, episode 122. Welcome, everybody. This is Google's June Core Update uh, episode, and everyone's freaking out, and some people are not, which is awesome, because they're following good sound advice. As always, I am joined by my friend, Ted Kibitis. Say hi, Ted. Hello. I understand things have been crazy busy over there at Coraland with the new release of 5.0. Yeah, yeah. You know, it turns out I might have released it a couple weeks too soon. Uh, so I'm making uh, some more changes I hope to have out uh, today, tomorrow, that'll be big improvements. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I've been playing with it for uh, quite some time and just messing around with it, testing the automator on it and make sure things work. But then, you know, you had that kind of hiccup on 5.17, where the 5.18 will be the fixes for all of that, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah, so in the you know since last Friday, I've probably done about ten updates, and uh, this new one uh, I think will solve uh, the Chrome crashing issue. Turns out Chrome is really unstable. It's like competing for all these system resources and trying to to maintain like application focus and. And so when you're doing a, a UI with lots of embedded Chromes, there's all these race conditions on really crazy things like the mouse <laughs> and stuff like that. So this new uh, update I'm doing is going to encapsulate Chrome into its own processes, and that way it can't fight with Cora. And it'll bring a lot more stability to everything. You think there's things that users can do on their end to to kind of help it push it along? Well, the the thing is that Chrome wasn't in, ever anticipated to be used this way. It's probably why Google has a separate fork for Googlebot. Uh-huh. Is uh, Googlebot, you know, doesn't behave like a browser. It doesn't load one page in one tab at a time. Googlebot is out there going nuts. And so to have Cora behave like Googlebot, I have to kind of modify what's going on so that it's not trying to behave like a human intended browser in the tab system. And so, yeah, I'm encountering those, those areas where Googlebot is likely different from what's in your browser. Well, I know that Mac or Apple announced the new Mac Pro coming up. I'm going to get one of those things. 28 cores. It's like a hundred one terabyte of memory. Jesus, I can run that thing for like years and never have to update it. <laughs> I'm jealous. I have some math I could run on that. <laughs> I guess it's probably overkill for, you know, an SEO, but, you know, hey, whatever. You can hate me if you want to. I'm buying it. I've been waiting for that thing. Uh, to update, they were supposed to update it last year, and then they skipped it. Came out with the iMac Pro instead, uh, and this year they announced it. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm excited. Coming this fall. All right. So here is SEO this week, episode 122, and we're going to be going over uh, talking about the Google updates and some cool things on Screaming Frog. Uh, a couple of people created some great posts on how to automate it, and then another one is how to run it in the cloud. So if you're techie, you can actually combine those and 
automate it while running it in the cloud. And I don't think you probably, my guess is based on your cloud instance, you're probably not going to run into issues where a lot of us do uh, running that on big sites where it kind of bogs down. So that'll be interesting. So we'll see that. So might as well just go ahead and get this one out of the way right off the bat. And the uh, Google announced uh, in advance, which is rare for them, the June 29 broad core algorithm update. Uh, so far, uh, I have seen people complaining or saying that have seen ups and downs, and I've seen a lot of everything just stayed in the middle. I can't see what's happening, uh, which is really good in my opinion because it's always too early, uh, out, like the day after, to be saying, hey, this is what Google changed. Uh, and you'll know the people that are full of shit when you start seeing uh, uh, posts you know, within the next couple of days saying they changed this and they changed that. Uh, because we all, as we all know, it takes Google probably about four or five days to get one of these out all in, in the first place. Uh, and then they wait a couple of days after that to see where the unintended consequences and they do some rollbacks. And then probably around day 15, day 20, that's when you can say this is what happened. Uh, especially if you're using tools like Cora or, or et cetera to, to look at you know the differences and the changes in, in the correlations. So. Uh, Ted, have you? Uh, I, know, I know, like again, like as I just said, it's too early, and you've been doing a lot of testing. But have you heard any news as to you know, sites that are seeing changes? Uh, no, it's it's just way too early to to even measure the differences because even uh, Google this time had a, a you know an unheard of amount of uh, openness in saying we're we're initiating the change tomorrow and that we'll see it roll out over several days, you know, and that, that was their announcement. And they, they almost never tell you exactly when it starts to roll out. So that, that was a new piece of information with this announcement that I thought was really cool. And I think they were being honest when they said it would take, you know, several days to completely roll out. And like you said, you know, especially as of late, uh, Google has had lots and lots of problems. So they haven't even admitted to their bugs yet on this deployment. (laughs) So we need to wait till we hear that they are rolling out fixes for those bugs, and then we can start calling things. Yeah. I, you look at Serpwoo, you can look at all kinds of different versions of this. This is Serpwoo's. I prefer theirs, but they did changes on the 22nd that had more impact than the ones that they did in their core update, which is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, and that's pretty much across the board. I heard a couple things about sites dropping in Brazil, et cetera, but for the most part, it's a steady, I think it's more system and relevancy right now, uh, but that's pure speculation and I mean, whatever they did change, it probably it doesn't seem significant enough to kick off uh, tools like this. So we'll see how that rolls out uh, in the future. Yeah, I'd, I'd bet that they take on one type of problem at a time and try to knock it out. And, you know, maybe there's two or three things in there, but it's, it's probably not a huge amount because they're probably afraid of unintended consequences. Yeah. Because, yeah, they, they stop, you know, one type of web spam, but, you know, they might knock out a large percentage of, you know, legitimate websites, too. Yeah, and then they got to go back and do that update and fix it, which 
It makes it so laughable when they do an update and you get SEO bloggers uh, or the gurus talking about this is what they change like the next day. You're like, how the hell do you know that? You know, <laughs> And then one, if you they changed it and you were correct, what's to say they didn't go back like three days later and change it back? So, um, yeah. Interesting. And it, you know, it, it really uh, lends some some plausibility to the idea that the best camouflage for black hat is to look white hat. <laughs> Which I do all the time. Okay, so enough about that for now. At the end of the day, my advice is leave your sites alone for at least 10 days. Don't go out there and change stuff. If you want to add new pages and stuff, this is a good time. Uh, you can run the correlation software, probably stick with pop at this point, uh, because Cora is measuring way more things. And if, if, and when they do get the update rolled out completely, uh, you may see significant differences between the two. Uh, I have the dating niche pretty much locked down from April 15th, uh, and then the month prior to that. Uh, and once this is, I'm satisfied that all the changes are done and everything. I'll run the automator on that niche again, and then we'll compare what the data, the differential data that I get with the differential data that Ted's got on his ongoing tests uh, that run on those leaderboards that we talk about at SEO Fight Club uh, and see uh, if we can kind of figure out some of the, the top 10. I guess is really the top 10 is where I'm really concerned is what they change, and typically that's going to be tell us, you know, is it on-page quality or is it link building uh, is really the main two questions that I'll have at the at the end of all of this. So hopefully that'll be a good content piece for uh, Fight Club towards the end of June. Uh, let's see. Next one. John Mueller on social bookmarking for links. Basically, this is another one of John Mueller's, hey, we're ignoring all of those, uh, all those sites, all the social bookmarking sites. They're useless. Don't do them uh, for SEO. I think we tested a lot of these though, and I've tested, you know, as so much as, uh, you know, Dig is a social bookmarking site, Stumble Upon is a social bookmarking site. I think they're renamed now, um, and then you have all those plague sites and et cetera. And I still, this is still something that's really, you know, into my bag for link building, uh, and I see benefit from those. Uh, I don't know that SIA or anyone else has actually tested the effectiveness of different ones. Uh, so this would be this is an interesting statement from John. And I think it goes along with his consistently people who ask him about links and, oh, no, we ignore those. Oh, no, we ignore those. Oh, no, we ignore those. Uh, and it's kind of funny because I see sites left and right that are ranking with just the ones that they're supposedly ignoring. So... Uh, this is an excellent test opportunity for you guys. Uh, if you have access to Ted's beta testing software or you're just using some single variable stuff or you want to get into that, uh, I suggest this would be a good way to uh, to get start tested. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually run some. Uh, I know of a couple of good social bookmarking software tools. Uh, and I'm going to run some tests and see, you know, is this true? Because... I, honestly, I don't think it, it is. I think that they, they may have identified a few sites that are just taking anybody's bookmarks and and filtering them out. That's plausible. Uh, but to say that all social bookmarking sites have no value uh, because we filter it out and we ignore them uh, is kind of, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see that as being yeah. uh, 100% truthful. 
what I've what I've found is that honesty comes with verifiable facts. And so there's usually good definition. Like if John Mueller would have come back and said, well, really, what is a social bookmarking site? You know, here are five examples of ones we ignore. Uh, but there may be other types of sites that are similar that we don't ignore. You know, there there's that kind of information that's part of truthiness. And so when I see that lack, complete lack of, uh, of exceptions, complete lack of definitions, you know, I, I just don't believe that there's truthiness there. So I'm inclined to believe you that this is something that will probably be disproved with testing. Yeah, I think so. But who knows? Don't want to assume. But I'm going to assume that does the work and he's full of crap. <laughs> this is an interesting one, Ted, and I don't know how to test it, which is why I got it on here. Uh, it's this guy's gentleman's theory that um, Google has a it's a supervised algorithm. So basically... It, the theory is it's called domain ranking bandwidth, and the substance of it is down here. I actually had to search for it like four times to read it. Uh, supervising algorithm controlling all traffic the search engine sends out to every domain. The algorithm allocates a predefined traffic bandwidth, and that bandwidth consists of lower and upper bounds allocated on its based on its authority in which traffic is then assigned to you through a specific position in the search results. So basically what his theory is, is that the more authority you have, the more likely you'll rank more, uh, thus giving you that allotted amount of traffic that Google thinks you should have. Well, it, it's it's a theory. Um, there's definitely some evidence that Google is time-sharing uh, rank positions for some people. And, you know, there is some evidence that when your page becomes good enough, however that's defined, that you no longer timeshare your rank position with other websites. And uh, you might hear us talk about that in various episodes of SEO Fight Club is the volatile middle because uh, that seems to be where most of Google's page testing and time sharing tends to occur. So when you look at the standard deviation of rank position of, of certain experiments or just rankings at various times throughout the day, those those middle rankings, you know, page two to page four, uh, tend to have the most uh, variability. So in order to test, like, how, how would we test it? Like, you would, I think you would probably have to start with how is Google determining the authority of a site? Well, I mean, for, for starters, you have to look at volatility in your rankings. So that's that's your baseline is, is volatility. And you'll often see that, you know, uh, when when you find it happening, you'll see your your rank is, you know, 12, your rank is 20, your rank is 12, your rank is 20. You get this this kind of flip-flopping as you timeshare with a different result. Right. 
Um, so it's like part of the time you're, you're at that ranking you like, and part of the time you're, you're missing. And, and so you kind of need to, to look at the stats and I've seen other things trigger that time sharing, like not having a, uh, a meta description that's tuned for the keyword will allow Google to A-B test snippets on the page, and that can affect your ranking or your relevancy potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's hard It's hard to nail down exactly what causes the time sharing and the volatility. Uh, but it's, it's totally plausible that it could be based on authority and Google is allocating a percentage of traffic for a keyword based on authority. And that's kind of what the system is anyway. So it might just be if you rank well, you have good authority. Therefore, you get a bigger slice of traffic for being at the top. So that could just be a natural behavior and not something specifically engineered by Google. So he's got some pretty big claims. He's going to have trouble proving that Google is allocating bandwidth versus the natural order is higher ranking results get more traffic. So what do you think could be an argument if like Google's the search engine obviously and then you know the antitrust thing is coming up. Let's say that this could be proved and that Google is favoring certain brands, etc. using this domain ranking bandwidth. Cause that do you think I know you're not a lawyer, but from a from our perspective as marketers, do you think that I could play into that whole antitrust argument? Because well, you know, Google define Google prefers Amazon, Google prefers Yelp over local pages, Google prefers uh, Thumbtack, which partially they partially own. So, well, there's two two things here. Um, so, so the first one you touched on, we'll just hit the elephant in the room, is market manipulation. So coming up to Q4, Black Friday's coming, Google gets to pick who wins and who loses. Um, so that's that's just market manipulation right there. When Google's system picks the industry winners, there's potentially a problem. Uh, problem number two is our outdated laws uh, may not even cover some things that we would consider illegal activity. So uh, say, for example, if Google was picking the winners and losers in online retail prior to Black Friday and then shorting the losers in the stock market, technically they're outside of those organizations. So that's outsider trading, you know, potentially. The law might not have any issues with that because there aren't laws for that. Nobody anticipated that being a thing, you know, outsider trading. (laughs) Isn't it all outsider trading? Well, if you can choose the winners and then short the losers, that's clearly market manipulation. And somebody ought to be watching. And if nobody's watching, um, that's, that's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. So for everybody, I suggest you actually go ahead and read this post, uh, whether his conclusions are, are right or not. Uh, he makes a really sound argument, uh, and it could play into the future impacts on our industry. So uh, I would check it out and see what you can come up with. He is offering a second part to this. Uh, it hasn't been published yet. I checked yesterday, uh, but it'll be an interesting conversation starter at the most.
Uh, next one is from Inbound Authority. It's uh, a guide on getting local citations indexed by Google Fast. Uh, looks fancy, uh, but basically what he's doing and recommending is to create a page on your website with all your citations on it that aren't indexed and then submit it to Google Search Console uh, and then keep running it over and over again until you get a uh, you get those indexed. It's actually... Pretty sound technique. I know some other people are doing things that are similar and, and getting their citations indexed. So if, and he's showing a little bit of proof that's showing that these indexings matter, uh, in particular in the map rankings, uh, using Local Falcon, uh, which if you haven't used is actually a pretty good tool. Uh, right now they changed their ownership and are running like two different pay cycles. You can use credits or you can pay them $16 a month and use their API. Uh, and or use your own API and just pay sixteen dollars a month to use your cool little guy interface. So uh, I check out this post, especially if you're having problems like getting your citations indexed. It just may help you out and give you some different ideas on what to do. Uh, typically, I don't have any problems with that. You know, I use uh, throw throw it in the schema, and then you just uh, verify that they're indexed. Uh, and schema usually typically keeps them there too. Uh, in particular, my high DA citations, but uh, certainly something to check out. There's a diff- there's a whole step by step process, uh, and you know how to how to go about doing it and how to check using the Greenland Index Tester sheet, which if, if you haven't seen is pretty good uh, for you know these small sized lists, and then how to turn that into an HTML page and, and create a site on your uh, or a page on your website. Is anybody surprised, really, that proximity is a factor? Like when you <laughs> search for a Starbucks or a post office that you are actually asking for the closest one? I think, like, in recent months or years, uh, as Google has narrowed in on that more, uh, SEOs are getting better at, at determining that. I think clients are still having to struggle with that, like, yeah, I search my business from there, but I go home and I and I can't I can't find me. Uh, and explaining proximity to, to clients and then actually getting it, uh, and and why you know tools like Local Falcon are important uh, for visibility is is something that's still ongoing in my opinion. It's cool that you can see the uh, search radius circle in their graphic there, that top one. Yeah, that's you know trigonometry and. Uh, and latitude and longitude at play. Yeah, they're doing. You know, they're doing a good job. They like he sold this tool. I'm not sure how the, the new guys are going to handle working with it, um, but you know, I, I think it's all right. We use it and we can see results from like PRs, etc. Uh, pretty pretty good uh, using this. And having stuff like this is valuable because you can't really do that manually changing your location in the, in your uh, browsers. So uh, hopefully this, this tool continues and gets better. Uh, but if anything, look at if you're having issues with your citations and getting them indexed or wondering if it's valuable to you, I think this post will help answer that question. All right, Screaming Frog. This one is on a search engine land. It's actually pretty technically written out. Uh, step-by-step stuff to do. There's some explaining things in here. If you're not a nerd like Ted, um, just follow the instructions. Uh, you know, 
Like in my case, I have to follow the instructions to get this out. Half of the stuff is kind of just gobbledygook to me. Uh, but it will go through and it will tell you how to set up an instance on the cloud uh, and then run Screaming Frog on there. Again, this is kind of an important tool to have in your box. Uh, everyone, if you're an SEO, you should be running have Screaming Frog SEO. At a minimum, the free version, uh, especially for local sites, the free version is more than enough. Uh, and then that being able to run this at scale in a cloud is really, really good and handy, especially if you're talking about a site with 100,000 to a million pages. Uh, you just you, you need this stuff. Uh, so at least have it in your toolbox to do. So that's really cool that he went through and created pretty much the entire setup for you right down to repeating the crawls uh, and doing them over and over on a schedule, uh, which is handy using cron. Uh, so I would check this out. It's definitely worthwhile. And for those of you that are a little less techy, like this is probably the one that I would use more, uh, is how to set this up on your own computer. Uh, again, this guy does the same thing, just using command line. It's written in Mac, which I like because I'm a Mac user. Uh, but it is pretty much the same uh, when you're using uh, uh, Windows and it just gives you all the commands that you got to do to pop it through and, and run it again over and over again. And it'll kind of save you a ton of time. Ted, do you use the Screaming Frog for anything? Um, I really like Screaming Frog. It's one of the products on the market that I wish I invented. <laughs> and it's such an obvious one to invent. Like, it didn't take a whole lot of creativity to invent it. Somebody just got off their butt and did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, that I always had ideas like that, but I was like, oh, no, I'd, I'd write this, you know, this web robot that would pound a website and I would just get the, uh, you know, the system administrator pissed at me for doing a denial of service attack. <laughs> so, the you know, the, the thing they do is they, they make it a balancing act. So, you know, if... If Screaming Frog gets the, the network administrator pissed off, then they're probably not going to do well in the marketplace. So they have to invest a lot in making it very careful and balanced. I think it's a sound argument. I also think there's plenty of room in that market for more. So whether there's Xenu, I think that's how you say it, Deep Crawl, uh, Screaming Frog, Sightbulb. Really, those are the only ones that I know of, and on-crawl, but on-call is like retarded expensive. Um, and the inside, inside on-crawl is horrible. Like, you, they give you data, but they don't tell you what, you know, this is the intent behind why we collected this data, and this is how you should leverage it. Um, so I think they're lacking there. But I go to that point to say that there's, there's a market there for a good crawler. It seems to me that Cora, like the next natural evolution, would be a crawler like Screaming Frog or Sightbulb. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that? A Cora uh, crawler that just figures out the keyword for a page and then runs the Cora report, archives it, crawls to the next page. Yeah, that would it be gets... like <laughs> that'd be like Cora the cloud version. I don't think there's many computers yeah. that would handle that. <laughs> you just. Yeah, you submit a sitemap and come back a week later and you have all of your uh, URLs and keywords mapped out for you. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's definitely the core core cloud version. Yeah. 
I wonder if you could set that up. Let me think about how did how that would how you accomplish that. I think well, technically it, you can do it now if you use the Cora Automator. Well, um, yeah, you'd have to tweak Cora Automator in a in a simple way. You'd uh, you'd feed in a sitemap to Cora Automator. Then Cora Automator would visit the page and look at the meta keywords. And as long as you put your uh, target keyword in the meta keywords for all your pages, it'll figure it out because now you have the URL and the keyword ready to go. So you could just use your sitemap as an input provided you use meta keywords and put the most important keyword first in the list. Yeah. And then problem solved, you could set Cora Automator off on an entire website. And <laughs> that, that, that. <laughs> yeah, that, so. that would be badass. <laughs> I think that would be great. All right. So if you guys have any questions on the uh, stories today, that would be a great time. Other than that, I don't have anything new. Uh, I am going to try to get Marie. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Uh, and we're going to have a conversation about keyword cannibalization. Hopefully, I can convince her to come in next week or the week after that. Uh, and then I have a list of sites on my Facebook feed uh, of people who are asking for site reviews. So we're going to do some site reviews and then that time too. Uh, but oh. I don't want to keep Ted busy because wait, wait, wait. Uh, our our good friend uh, Scott Rogers made this awesome box for us. We did a site review for him, and he was so thankful that he sent me, Clint, and Kyle uh, a sample, an SEO Fight Club wine box. So I wanted to show this off because I thought it was so nice that he just sent us that as a thank you. And this thing's pretty cool. And so his website was uh, personalizedwineboxes.com. If you go a few episodes back, you can see that site review. And I just wanted to give a shout out because uh, this is really nice. It's a great memento of our time together. Yeah, those are great. The box in itself is solid. It's a it's a great product. Like if you're looking for a gift, I'd go over there and hand that out because it's unique. Not not too many people are going to do it. And, I think I'm going to be buying a few of those for Christmas uh, and, and some birthdays too. Yeah, when I got mine, I opened it up and it's like, oh, it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I can fix that. All right, let's see. Kurt Chanel's here. He said he created a crawler, Project Lathers. I actually have access to it. I haven't used it in like forever. Kurt, are you still updating that thing? Uh, for looking for expired domains, I haven't gotten like an email from you. Maybe I fell off your list or something. Uh, let's see, Madge is there. He's seconding that Project Lazarus is good. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't see any more questions. You guys are quiet today. That's cool. All right, so with that, like I said, we're going to get Ted back to work. He's got 518 he's got to push out because he's holding me back from dominating the planet. Um, if Keep an eye out for the Google update. Remember, don't change a thing. You're going to bounce around. I did an episode, just an impromptu live show for Tucson SEO. Uh, that thing bounced. We started at 77 and went to 73 after the changes, and now it's at 93. So you can see bouncing is going to happen. So leave it alone. Everything alone for about 10 days. Uh, 10 days is up. I'll come back and we'll do a, another episode or another iteration of that show. 
showing the site structure. I, I get 10 days to figure out what I want to do for supporting pages and build all those. So uh, we'll do that together in another show. And Ted, what are we talking about in Fight Club? We, I, don't, I know we haven't discussed it. You've been crazy busy. Maybe um, just kind of tell him yeah, to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, uh, nothing prepared, so maybe we'll do that. Uh, Ask me anything episode with the three of us. So if you have SEO questions in general, come prepared, and we'll do an AMA. Okay, that works. Uh, and I know Kyle. He never. He didn't ask me to, but he put on his Facebook that he's. Talking at, on another podcast today, and it starts in a half an hour. Uh, if you want something to listen to in the background, search Talk Live. It's searchtalklive.com. Uh, again, that starts in a half an hour. He, he mentioned on his Facebook thing, and I figured it'd be nice to share uh, with you guys in case you want to hear. But I guess talking testing with those guys, so uh, that'll be interesting, I, I'm sure. Uh, and one last admin note uh, I've gotten all the past episodes up on the podcast site so it's on itunes uh it's on soundcloud i have to update mixcloud and i have to update uh, spotify and make sure that those are pulling in properly from the feed uh, but it's, so if audio is your thing uh, those are back up and doing a lot better with the audio quality uh, if you don't want to have your ears blown out i would skip probably episodes 100 to 120 because <laughs> i didn't edit any of those i just put those raw up straight out of youtube <clears throat> uh, and 121 it is edited a little bit better uh, and you can see now i'm using headphones because you know we're working with ted and got the audio on my end a little bit clearer so hopefully that all works out and then I'm also getting the Rode Podcaster Pro, and we can have some cool sound effects in this stuff. So, uh, kind of, you know, get this show up to the level that you guys deserve. Uh, and hopefully, everything I learned from that, we can carry over to SEO Fight Club, which happens to be uh, soon will be out on Roku. Uh, so it actually be uh, television televised versions of it, uh, which is really cool, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing that in the near future. So Ted, do you have any parting thoughts? Uh, nope. Just uh, hang tight on this update. It's way too soon to react. Yep. All right. all right, guys. And again, thank you all for watching. And if you are SEO fight club tomorrow, see you later. <laughs>